Hello, Creative Giants. This is episode 116 of the Creative Giant Show. And this is going to be a conversation between Angela and I about different learning styles and really getting to the bottom of how you learn, how you process, and how you polish. And the reason we're going through this is because we're both doing a lot of different creative things and we find ourselves either stuck or in the flow. And we wanted to share how we're working through that. Ready? Let's do this. Welcome to the Creative Giant Show, where we go behind the scenes about what it means to live a life full of creative and professional success. Creative Giants are talented Renaissance souls with a compassion-fueled bias towards action. Now, here is your host, Charlie Gilkey. All righty, Angela. You ready to jam on this? Yes, I am. All righty, so set up. This actually came because um, I was working on the book today. And I've been working on the book and, 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 you know, going slowly with that, but that's okay. And that happens sometimes, but there was this section of the writing to where every time I looked at it, I got super sleepy and fuzzy and I just wanted to bail. Mm -hmm. And this is unusual for me because normally when I get stuck in the writing, it's not that it's not that visceral. It's something else. So I'm like, wait a second, this is different. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I was like, okay, so what I'm doing is not working. I tried several different ways of, of working around the problem and different different approaches. I wrote in some other places and then tried to come back. But every time I jump back into that spot, fuzzy brain and sleepy, hmm. right? Yeah. And so I was like, huh, this ain't working. I got to talk it out. And I know intuitively that I got to talk it out. So I managed to um, sort of waylay Angela. She was about to go to yoga. Right? <laughs> waylay her and be like, hey, I need to talk about this. But that sort of ended up in this broader conversation that we're having now about how we learn. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, um, I feel like this is something we've talked about so many different times over the years, just between ourselves and in conversations we've had with clients or friends. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if you've actually touched on this already somewhere um, on a podcast about um, learning and expression and that type of thing. Um, but it continues to come up, and it's interesting how it can show up in different ways. And I think that that's what um, what was highlighted for us today when you and I were conversing about where it was you were stuck and why you were stuck. And so... I don't know. I thought it'd be fun to just talk a little bit about that. And I know that when we were discussing and outlining, outlining what we wanted to talk about on here today, I already had some light bulb moments and I was like, oh, okay. That's really helpful for me to think about it that way. So just in our discussion beforehand, I already had some like, oh, okay, I need to go try something different. So hopefully... Hopefully, we'll get more of that. Hopefully. Hopefully. And you're right. We actually, um, I have presented on this material. There's a white paper that's in the reader library mm -hmm. um, that's from um, a webinar that I did at Citrix a few years ago. It's called Managing Communication Styles, I think. And mm -hmm. it talks about um, this VARC framework that we're going to talk about. So, I'll just jump right in here. So, the VARC framework, um, we'll, we'll link it up to the show notes so that you can get this. But um, VARC is an um, acronym that stands for Visual, Auditory, Reading slash Writing, and then Kinesthetic. Mm -hmm. 
And normally people talk about the VARC model when they talk about our learning style, right? Yeah. So some of us learn visually, some of us learn by hearing other people talk, others of us learn by reading and writing, and other people, other of us learn through physical movement, repetition, and, and doing it that way, right? Mm-hmm. Now, one of the things that I'll say on here, and I won't go too deep into the educational literature, one of the things I'll say is we actually are multimodal in the ways that we learn. And so if you're thinking, I just learned visually, yeah. that's actually not true, yeah. right? And Unfortunately, we learn some way, we learn in some modes in some ways. And so you really have to play around with this. The key takeaway that I'll say on the learning side is if you're ever having a hard time learning something, switch modality. Mm. Like if you're just reading about it and you're not getting anywhere, mm-hmm. maybe it's time to um, copy down what you're reading and get your body involved in that way. Maybe it's time to um, find an audiobook version of that or read it out loud so you hear it that way. Maybe it's trying to draw a picture of it, but you can go through different ways of like, what are the different ways in which I might be able to learn this material? Yeah. Um, because our brains are just learning machines. That's what they do. Yeah. Right? So like I said, normally people talk about the VARC model when it talks about um, process or about learning. Mm-hmm. I actually um, have done some thinking and, and sort of experimentation and, and exploring this with clients that I actually think we can use it for um, expression as well. So some of us are naturally expressive um, visually. We can draw things. You can give us a whiteboard, we go crazy, right? Some of us are um, auditory in the sense that we actually learn by talking or we express by talking. Mm-hmm. Others are reading and writing, kinesthetic, so on and so forth, right? Mm-hmm. And the reason that's important is because sometimes there's actually a mismatch. Yeah. Right. Sometimes you learn one way, but you express another way. Mm-hmm. Right. I call it processing and expression. Right. Mm-hmm. So sometimes you process information one way, but you have to express it another way. Yeah. And this, I think, can create no end of confusion and frustration for us because it really depends. Uh, again, a lot of dependencies here. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, for instance, it's really hard for people to verbally or excuse me, to learn math auditorily. It's mm-hmm. just one of those one of those areas of knowledge we're seeing it generally helps almost everyone learn it yeah as opposed to just hearing people rattle off numbers and dividing and things like that right um can you talk about so i'm going to kind of interrupt here for just a second and i'm curious if you wouldn't mind going ahead and talking about you said you were struggling with the book today and you kept finding yourself just phased and tired and there was a lot of uncertainty and muddiness about why because this thing that you're writing about right now you know inside and out I mean there's nobody else who knows this like you do so I'm curious if you can go ahead and talk a little bit about about that and what we what we kind of discussed and what came up yeah so um this is one of those areas where um Angela's right we were talking I was talking about Um, the momentum planning method, and I was talking about chunking and sequencing and really um, thinking about things at the right levels of action. So what's the difference between a weekly project and a monthly objective and things like that, right? And the trouble was, I'm writing a book on this, not just on that, but that's one of the sections that we're talking about in the book. And books are reading and writing sort of methods, right? Mm -hmm. You write down lists, so on and so forth. And the challenge was I was combining three different, largely visual ways of understanding time and action, mm-hmm. right? Three different visual ways. And I was trying to get it into the reading, writing format. Mm-hmm. And it was not working. 
And yeah. it was super frustrating because I was like, well, maybe if I try it this way, no. Um, and so kind of, you know, what we ended up deciding, and this is one of those things where it sounds crazy in retrospect, yeah. right? It sounds like obvious in retrospect, but that's how easy it is to get stuck in your own work. Mm-hmm. Um, when, it, when I was explaining to Angela, she's like, so what's the real problem? And I kind of gave her a problem. She's, you know, if you guys have not figured out, Angela is a fantastic coach and conversation partner and thought partner. She just is. And I'm incredibly fortunate to have her um, as part of uh, my world in general, but she's amazing at this, right? Thank you. And so she knows, and she, we've also been together for almost 20 years now. So yeah. that goes in there. So she knows when I get stuck, like how to unstick me. Mm-hmm. Um, and so she's asking questions. And finally, we get to this idea where I was like, you know what? It's taken me years to be able to explain this, but I've had to, div- I've had to create designs and planners and worksheets and visual aids for people to understand these concepts. Mm-hmm. I've never been able to just sit down and write it out yeah, and say, here you go. And like, if you're on a monthly momentum call, if you're a client, whenever we start doing this, the first thing we do is go to the board, right? <laughs> yeah. The very first thing we do, because I can draw it out. Yeah. Um, in this book, I can't draw it out, right? In that way. And so kind of the conclusion is that, okay, so... I've got to figure out a way to use our tools Mm -hmm. and the way that we express it in our tools in the book itself. Yeah. Right. And that can be tricky because sometimes publishers don't want to have your proprietary work in theirs and it creates all sorts of things. But the fact of the matter is I can't explain this. Yeah. With words and list. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, And so that's the conclusion of it. It's like I, we, I was trying to express something in a, reading, writing medium Mm -hmm. when it actually needs to be expressed visually. Yeah. That's it. I mean, that's really it. (laughs) It is. It is. It sounds ridiculously simple, and it is, but it's like you were saying, we get so – you're writing a book, right? You're not drawing a book at this moment. And there's expectations about what it's supposed to look like and what is or is not supposed to be included. And those expectations or how you have brought those in to your process, um, it's posed a hurdle in some ways. And so now we're figuring out like how we're going to skirt around the hurdle or under the hurdle. Or just accept that this is a different type of problem. I'm trying to solve a visual problem with Mm -hmm. words, and it's not going to work in that way, right? Yeah. And, you know, that's where I was sitting there writing. I was like, this is so challenging because chunking and sequencing are actually, when when you see them, you understand them. Yeah. Right? They're not hard things. Yeah. But to write them out? Mm Mm-hmm. Um, it's super hard, but that's the, that's the thing as a teacher in the book sort of perspective is like what, what I was talking to Angela about is there were so many instances in which I had done like the math teacher did back in, back in school. If you remember Mm -hmm. where they like show the problem and then they, they just immediately jump to the answer and move on. Mm -hmm. And you're like, but, but wait, how did, no, like, I don't understand how you got there. Right. I'm going to have to get there on my own. I don't understand how. Yeah. Right. What's the in between? What's the in between? Which... I really like what you were talking about earlier before we got on here about the three different ways that you've found um, and and I think in your work with people have found that they work through 
their creative process. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah. So this is somewhat different than sort of the four steps of the creative process, which we've talked about before, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Somewhat different. Um, it, it, It sort of piggybacks on that. So um, you can take this VARC model. Here we go again, combi- combining frameworks. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> everybody, bear with me um, because I'm at the rough expression of this, and you'll see what I'm saying here. Mm-hmm. I think there are sort of three different phases that we, we can go through something. We can conceptualize it or we can ideate it. Like, what am I thinking? How's it going? So on and so forth. Mm-hmm. And then we can have a rough expression of that. So it's like the, the first stage is when it's just in our head. Yeah. And we're just mulling it over and you're chewing through it and so on and so forth, right? Um, so that's the the ideating stage. Mm -hmm. Then there's the rough expression. Like you just got to get it out. Right. And that's the roughing phase. And Mm -hmm. then there's the polished expression or the polishing phase. Right. Yeah. Now going along with this whole VARC model, the thing is you might ideate one way, Mm -hmm. you might rough another way and you might polish another way. Mm. Right. I ideate visually. I'll draw stuff like Mm -hmm. all of my plans. Everything I do actually starts with something visual. A lot yeah. of people don't know that. Sometimes Angela doesn't realize that. Like, yeah. if I'm ever stuck with something, and especially if I don't have something to draw on, I can't go forward. It's, yeah. Like, you will, I mean, it's like the pause button gets hit, and there's, like, there's no way to push the play button again until you put a pencil or a pen or a marker in his hands and give him paper or a whiteboard. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so, and I'll just chew to it, because, again, I can't solve the problem mm-hmm. with that form. But usually the rough expression, like the first expression of it to someone else, is going to be oral. Like, Mm -hmm. I'm going to talk it out, Mm -hmm. right? And then finally, at some point, I'll write it down. So if you've ever been on, I don't know, if you've ever listened to a podcast and you heard me say it or a monthly moment, it calls like, oh, yeah, I need to publish it or I need to write that. Mm -hmm. It's because I've spent so much time roughing it and talking about it. Well, I've spent so much time talking about it, but I just haven't sat down and polished it or written it, Mm -hmm. right, that... You know, um, I'll I'll throw a segue in here, too, because the, the team knows about this. Angela knows about this, too. The challenge for me is sometimes if I go through that rough expression, mm-hmm. a switch gets flipped and I put it out there. I've shipped it. Uh, yeah. And then when I'm thinking about what to create in the world, I don't think about that thing I've already created. Mm-hmm. I think about something that I haven't gone through this process with. Yeah. However, if you're ever showing up to productive flourishing there's like all this content trapped in audio mm-hmm. that does not exist anywhere else yep. right um and i can almost tell you where it is right it's like oh yeah i talked about it on on that was like march 2016 or march 2014 i, I talked about that thing and like how the hell do you remember it's march 2014 i don't know but <laughs> right i can tell you it was in around that time frame yeah and so you got to be careful because sometimes that happens. And that's what we're kind of going through with the book process. So if you've ever sort of been a blogger or a writer or you've been you're sort of an artist and you've been doing a lot of rough expression, mm-hmm. which a lot of times is what a blog is, to be honest. Mm-hmm. When you make that step to doing commercial work or you, you make that step to doing like published work, it gets a lot harder because you go into that polishing stage and you have to really go back and think about how all these things relate, so on and so forth, right? Yeah. And so um, we've talked about VARC, and we've talked about sort of the three different ways that we work through our ideas, mm-hmm. right, and get them out there in the world. And so that was the other sort of trick that I've, or not the trick, that's the other challenge that I've been working through as I've been working on the book. It's like, again, um, I know this stuff inside and out. Mm-hmm. I can sit down with any given person 
and you know teach it and if they're asking questions i'm an adaptive teacher so i can do that but sitting down mm-hmm. and saying okay i'm going to do this soup to nuts from beginning to end and throw in all of these little hacks all these little like secret tricks about finishing all these little things that no one teaches you and just kind of figure out but throw that in there along the way it's mm-hmm. incredibly challenging yeah yeah absolutely absolutely that was incredibly helpful and that was like the way you just talked about that with the ideating, the roughing and the polishing, that was the part earlier before we got on and we were kind of brainstorming and talking where I just had like all these little light bulb moments and I had these random, this is one thing the listeners probably don't know about me, but Charlie knows very well. I will remember oh, man. the most random things from 17 years ago. Um, something about my memory and the way I capture and hold on to things. So I just had these, all these little moments that were popping up in my mind as we were talking about this, where I was like, oh, when I was creating that, I was stuck because I was trying to do it this way and not that way. Or when I was doing that eight years ago, like it got stalled in this place because I thought I still needed to be writing it where at the time, what I really needed to be doing was moving through it through dance. Um, yeah. So, yeah. Well, and it's also, so something that comes up with my clients a lot who write books and are creating stuff mm-hmm. is they'll get stuck in the same way. And th- this is why it's really frustrating when you get stuck in the same way your clients get stuck because yeah. you know how to get out of it. Except for you don't know that you're in it sometimes. And like I say, it's hard to read the label when you're stuck inside the jar, right? Mm-hmm. And so you get stuck inside your own jar and can't read the label. Um, and so part of what happens is they'll be writing an ebook or they'll be writing a book or they'll be writing something and they'll get stuck, right? And then, you know, they do like the rest of us. And we'll try a few different ways. We'll go on the walk. We'll, you know, vacuum the floor. We'll look at Facebook like that's helpful, right? We'll do all sorts of things, right? We'll make cookies. And we'll make cookies. So <laughs> sidebar on that one. The reason why Angela says cookies is when she was finishing her dissertation, uh, we had to be really careful because I knew that she was stuck and working through something Yeah. based upon how many cookies she was making, right? And so... Our neighbors loved us at that point. Yeah. Everybody was getting cookies all the time. Cookies for everyone because we had to get them out of the house <laughs> because there there is a thing like of the, you know, the dissertation 15 or whatever that was. Yeah, right. Um, so yeah, cookies. Um, but the thing about it is, is rather than just sitting there and fighting it and fighting it and fighting it, sometimes what I'll suggest is like, take that idea, take this chapter mm-hmm. and create a PowerPoint presentation, especially for, since so many of them are speakers mm-hmm. and they create presentations all the time. So like create a keynote of just those ideas and record yourself speaking through that. Mm. Just turn on a recorder and start talking. Yeah. Have that transcribed. And then do the editing, right? And yeah. what a lot of times they figure out, they don't actually have to have it transcribed. They just needed to talk it out. Yeah. They needed to switch. And so the, the presentation is both a visual and an auditory thing because you just have the sort of headline or you have the bullet points and you got to figure it out, right? Mm-hmm. So sometimes that's enough to unstick them. Yeah. Just that one piece, right? Yeah. Um, and, you know, there have been other books about like how to do is that to write books and things like that. In fact, this is go- <laughs> It's the lessons that you learn over and over again, right? Mm-hmm. And this is a frustrating thing. Because the only reason the small business life cycle, which is actually my first book, exists, is because I was a paid keynote speaker 
and people kept asking me to write about it. Mm-hmm. And then we had it transcribed, we had to post it on the web. But even to finish it, I did the same thing where it's like, I got to write it down. I got to sit down and write it. And I was like, wait a second. Wait, hold on, hold on, wait a second. This, the reason we have the original content is because I recorded it. Mm-hmm. I spoke it out. Um, and I was teaching it. So how about I just do that again? Yeah. And that's exactly how it happened, right? So, um, you know, the missing pieces and everything like that went in there. And then we did the editing process. And that is the only reason yeah. the small business life cycle exists. And that's not really a visual book, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, the model is visual. Yeah. But the concepts and everything like that are not. So you can imagine how stuck I could get Yeah. with say, start finishing and how many visual uh, metaphors and analogies are in that and how much it takes to do there. So mm-hmm. um, what got me unstuck then, by the way, was I started thinking about the fact that a lot of the, um, well, there are two things. Small business life cycle was short mm-hmm. and there's a way in which I was completing it. So um, one thing I started looking at is models. Like what are other successful models out there in the world mm-hmm. that has done this this way and what do I think about it? And I realized that Aristotle mm-hmm. actually did not write his own work. Yeah. His students did. Yep. Right? He spoke it out. He taught it out. People captured it. And that is the only reason, well, that and the Arabs who kept it for the Western world for, you know, nearly a millennia mm-hmm. or more. Um, that's the only reason we have Aristotle's work. Yeah. Right? Um, John Milton, who wrote Par- Paradise Lost, was actually blind when that work was created. And he spoke it out to his daughter. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Right. And so I went through different ways. I'm like, wait a second. Wait a second. There there are all these really important works. Yeah. That were done this exact way. Yeah. So it doesn't make me less than that I need to do it that way. No, not at all. It does all. not all, at all make me less than. And that opened that piece up. The other one was I started looking at all the short works mm-hmm. that have been created, all of Shakespeare stuff. Yeah. Thomas Paine's Common Sense. You know, you, you can go down and you can list all sorts of short works that are basically treatises and things like that. Treatises or pamphlets. And you're like, they've been incredibly important and influential. Yeah. So I don't have to create this 216 page friggin' thing. Yeah. Right. I can create it based upon, I can create it this way and in that form. Yeah. And that honestly unlocked everything for me. That's really good. I'm really, I'm glad that you shared that because one of the things that I've been thinking about some lately, um, as I've been dipping my toe into more creative endeavors and trying some new things is even though I know better about one particular style of either learning or expressing necessarily being better than or greater than another, I still feel like I can sometimes get trapped into thinking like, well, this isn't going to be worthy or worth something because I don't, I'm not at the point where I can, or my expressive style for this particular thing is not writing at this moment. It is talking. It is audio. It is getting it out this way. And so, you know, it's been it's been challenging at times, like, and you know this just from the last um, month, month and a half with how much I've been processing around grief. And I've done some writing, but I think that some of the ways that it has come out um, in the most useful way for me has actually been through audio. Um, it's been through talking to people, 
but it's also been sitting down with an audio recorder on my own and just talking. Um, and I'm actually a little surprised that I shared that just now um, because I really had some reservations and some stuckness about that where even though this processing that I'm doing is for me and it's not that I know ever going to be consumable by anybody else, it's, it's what I need to do at this moment, I still had this thought process that it was less than because it wasn't written. Yeah, exactly. And it's one of those things to where, I don't know, maybe this makes more sense to you now. Like we have a lot of whiteboards, like in in my perfect world, I would have my office would just be a wall to wall whiteboard, Mm -hmm. right? In a lot of ways. And we have all sorts of recording equipment. We have field recorders. We have just about every way to capture ideas. Yeah. It's possible. We have paint, right? I don't paint. That's not my way. But, you know, Angela sometimes does. We've got all sorts of ways. And we have them at the ready because you never know what's going to show up and how you're going to need to do it. There are some times where I, though it's not, you know, it's not a really easy way for me to do it. There are some times where I just play guitar and write to process things. Right. Mm-hmm. And I've got a guitar in my office and it always feels frustrating to not have the guitar in my office Yeah, because inevitably that's when something will come up. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, just having recorders around and using your iPhone, like people underuse the voice memos feature on their iPhone. Yeah. It's with you all the time. Yeah. Right. Um, and you get, nor, most of us have headphones with us almost all the time. Mm-hmm. Right. So rather than just sitting there like, ah, I got to write this down. I got to get home. I got like all this stuff. Like maybe you can talk it out. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, it's the same way of like having a note card. Like I have note cards in my wallet. This is mm-hmm. how nerdy it is. Like little cut up note cards. Um, <laughs> because sometimes I'll just need to outline something and talk it out. Yeah. Right. So I need to outline it to get it sequenced and sort of roughed in that way. That's sort of my ideating process. And I need to see it visually, the structure of it. Yeah. And then I can talk it out or I can write it out from there. Yeah. But the the hard part for me mm-hmm. is always that drawing it out or making a outline or just seeing that structure. But once that's done, Mm -hmm. Like I could do all sorts of things with that. Yeah. It's also been, um, it's been really good for me and a good reminder for me. And I'm love that we're having this conversation now again, because I feel like it's going to change like the way I play piano just later on this afternoon, this evening, I've been, um, relearning piano as an adult. Um, I played as a kid and of course I quit playing because my parents wanted me to play. Um, and now, you know, years, you know, 30 years later, I wish that I was still playing. And so just in the last month, um, I've started trying to relearn how to play and I'm still figuring out, um, what the best way is for me to relearn this practice, this, this way of creating music. Um, and it's been, it was frustrating at first because I knew I just want to sit down and play music. That's all I want to do. I just want to sit down and play music, but being away from it for three decades and being, you know, a beginner to intermediate at best when I was younger anyway, Um, there's only so much I could sit down and play. Um, but I was so frustrated to think about having to sit down and read stuff and have to like listen to lessons on how to do it. Um, and finally I was like, okay, I'm just going to sit down and kinesthetically 
see what happens. Um, and doing that kinesthetically has led me to seeing what types of books are actually helping me to learn this better. So I just bring that up because you don't have to be an expert or a master at something for this to be something you struggle with. Like I am very much a beginner at this and found myself incredibly frustrated with trying to figure out how I learn. And then it sounds funny, but how I wanted to express the piano, like obviously there's the kinesthetic in it and that's kind of the primary thing, but did I need to, you know, read things and then write out the notes again and the chords and things like that? No, I I just needed to sit down and play. Yeah, just need to sit down and play. Two notes on that, or one note, I'll say this. Um, Even if you are um, at the mastery level at a certain craft, check yourself because sometimes you can make it so much harder for yourself because you won't let yourself learn and express Mm -hmm. in a different way. Yeah. Because when you get stuck, and you're all, I mean, if you're doing the work, you're going to get stuck somewhere. Yeah. Right? But if you're like... I am a great writer. I'm a world-class writer. And you don't actually let yourself say, but maybe I need to talk this one out. Mm -hmm. Right. Or maybe I need to draw this out or maybe I need to do something different for a while. Right. If you don't let yourself do that, you can actually create um, beliefs and patterns that undermine your mastery rather than support your mastery. Yeah. That's a really good point. I'm glad you bring that up. I'm going to end, I think, with two major things that we didn't talk about earlier. Mm -hmm. One is, you know, one of the reasons I wanted to talk about this is, well, there are many reasons. One is that it was relevant and hot for us. Yeah. But the thing is, our educational system does not do a good job of cultivating the different ways in which people learn. Yeah. It's very heavy. Or express. It's very heavily biased on reading and writing. Mm -hmm. And this is a challenge for a lot of people. It's very exclusive. And it doesn't actually tap into the fact that so much of our brain is hardwired for visual thinking and reasoning. Mm-hmm. And so we, I think, do ourselves at the primary and secondary and collegiate level, we do ourselves a huge disfavor as a society by forcing people into a reading, writing, expressive and processing style mm-hmm. when maybe that's not their jam. Yeah. And so I want to encourage you that if you've ever struggled with any of those learning styles and whatever it may not have been reading writing it might have been that you grew up in a musical family and that wasn't your way of going about like Mm -hmm. understand that people's learning styles are different and you're not less than yeah the second thing here is um i think through experience and research um we find that people are happiest when they are expressing themselves Mm -hmm. when they are using the voice and the talents that they have and they're creating stuff continually yeah and so learning how you create things learning what's natural for you learning how to get unstuck is not just about shipping stuff in the world it's actually about your happiness and well-being as a person yeah so yeah um those are really the reasons that i want to say this is like there there are different ways for you to find happiness and it may not be through the ways in which you've been educated and and forced to express yourself Mm -hmm. yeah i'm so glad you bring that up Cause it is, it's, um, we all need to express and the way we express is very different and it looks different on each of us. Alrighty, creative giants. We're going to go ahead and wrap it up there. What I would like you to think about 
for today's episode is really think about, okay, how do you process information? Is it visual, auditory, through reading and writing, or kinesthetic? And how do you express things naturally? Is it through those same methods? And if you're stuck on an idea, how might you alter modes to ideate through it, to rough it, and to polish it? Alrighty, and until next time, stand tall. Thanks for listening to the Creative Giant Show. To find more tools and inspiration for creative giants, head on over to ProductiveFlourishing.com. Stand tall, Creative Giant.